No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Jeremiah laments his unending anguish. God has been like a lion in ambush, but Jeremiah also has hope that the Lord's compassions will not fail. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Lamentations chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. Jeremiah had seen much disaster and was in personal anguish. It seemed to him that God had turned against him and against his nation. The Lord was making them walk in darkness rather than in light. But was this true? We continue in Lamentations chapter 3. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has led me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely he has turned his hand against me time and time again throughout the day. When you are suffering affliction, it can feel like you are the only one. Jeremiah's affliction was even worse because it came as a result of God's anger being poured out on the nation. To Jeremiah, it felt like the Lord was making him walk in darkness. But would God really do that? He dwells in unapproachable light, and in him there is no darkness at all. But Jeremiah felt like all was darkness around him, and he didn't know which way to turn. Jeremiah felt that God was no longer for him, but against him. In this, he was much like Job. And yet, Jeremiah had written to the captives in Babylon these words from the Lord, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And this God said to those who had been rebellious, how much more would God be on the side of Jeremiah, who had been his faithful prophet? The truth was that the Jews were being disciplined for their disobedience And no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. He has aged my flesh and my skin and broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and woe. He has set me in dark places like the dead of long ago. Now, physically, Jeremiah wasn't doing so hot. His flesh and skin had aged. He had old man's hands and his bones were broken. Probably not literally, but his interior frame was busted up. Everything he depended on to be his support had given way. And now his very spirit was shattered. All these experiences were bitter and there was no relief in sight. Jeremiah felt that he was no different than those who had gone down to the darkness of the grave. Indeed, God's servants sometimes go through rough times. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Verse seven, he has hedged me in so that I cannot get out. He has made my chain heavy. Even when I cry and shout, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with hewn stone. He has made my paths crooked. Jeremiah felt that all the walls were closing in on him. He felt trapped as a prisoner with no way out. Jeremiah's chain was heavy. I think of Ebenezer Scrooge when the ghost of Christmas future showed him the hell he would face and the demons wrapped an enormous chain around him that he had to bear for eternity. Jeremiah felt that his chain 
was equally burdensome. But worse than all these afflictions was the feeling that God was no longer listening to his prayers. They seemed to be bouncing off the ceiling. Rather than Jeremiah making linear progress toward his goals, God made his paths crooked. Each new step encountered insurmountable obstacles. He has been to me a bear lying in wait, like a lion in ambush. He has turned aside my ways and torn me in pieces. He has made me desolate. Jeremiah compared his experiences to being attacked by wild beasts. God had been a bear lying in wait or like a lion crouching in ambush ready to pounce on him. Finally, the Lord had torn him to pieces, leaving him desolate. He has bent his bow and set me up as a target for the arrow. I'm target practice for the Lord. He has caused the arrows of his quiver to pierce my loins. I have become the ridicule of all my people. Their taunting song all the day. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drink wormwood. Now, wormwood in scripture is symbolic for ultimate bitterness. He has also broken my teeth with gravel and covered me with ashes. It was like God was giving him rocks to chew on. You have moved my soul far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. It had been so long since Jeremiah experienced peace and prosperity, he forgot what it felt like. Remember my affliction and roaming, the wormwood and the gall, My soul still remembers and sinks within me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Now there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of hope in any of this. He was just feeling pretty rotten. And yet the thing that brought him hope, as we shall see, was recalling God's goodness, his character. And the fact was that despite what he felt or despite the circumstances going on in his life, he knew the character of God. Verse 22, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Now, this is a wonderful ray of light in the midst of all of this darkness. And it's a golden nugget in the Old Testament. Jeremiah knew that they would not ultimately be consumed. Why? Because God is compassionate and his compassions will fail not. They are new every morning. And you know, even though we go through these times of darkness or deprivation, we can count on the fact that in the morning, God will come through. You know, weeping may endure for the night, but there's joy in the morning. And God is ultimately faithful to those who trust in him. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Now, hope in the scripture is that joyful, confident expectation that things are going to get better. Jeremiah couldn't put his hope in his feeling or the circumstances, but he could put his hope in the Lord. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him, it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. So knowing that God is good, those who wait for him will be blessed. Now, 
here's the thing. The devil will always seek to attack the goodness of God in your own mind. He did it to Adam and Eve in the garden, trying to convince them that God was withholding something good from them. But the truth is that God is good, but we have to wait for him many times for that goodness to show up. And so Jeremiah said, it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. There are times when you just have to wait it out. You have to wait out the trials that are going on and the hardships, knowing that if we trust in the Lord and are faithful to him, then his salvation will ultimately come through. And he finally says it's good to bear the yoke in one's youth. So, you know, when you get older, you lack the energy that you had when you were younger. Hopefully what you lack in energy, you gain in wisdom. Let him sit alone and keep silent because God has laid it on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes him and be full of reproach. So, you know, what do you do when you're going through a time of chastening or discipline or trials or hardships? This is what Jeremiah was enduring. And so he said, let him sit alone and keep silent. Now, that's not in the strict sense. I do believe that when we are going through trials, we really need to be in fellowship. We should not pull aside from fellowship. That's not wise. One who isolates himself does not act in a wise manner. But I think it does mean that there are things we can't really share with other people. When we're going through a time of suffering, if you try to share your misery, people aren't interested and they can't do anything about it anyway. So it's better to just pour it out upon the Lord. Now, that's one thing Jeremiah did. He poured out his heart and soul to the Lord and he was honest about it. He didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't try to act like everything was okay when it wasn't okay. He just laid it all out there and God could handle it. And so I think, you know, there's a time to just not murmur, not complain, but there's a time also to pour our hearts out to the Lord. If you're going to complain, then it's better to do it to the Lord and be honest about it because God can handle it. And so he said, well, let him put his mouth in the dust there may yet be hope. There comes that point where you just have to submit to God and submit to the circumstances he's allowing in your life, knowing that he is a God of love, he is a God of grace and compassion, he knows what he's doing, and that he will ultimately bring good about from it. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes him and be full of reproach. Now, certainly Jesus did this. He literally Uh, turned the other cheek, they pulled out his beard, uh, they beat him, uh, and yet he didn't return insult for insult. He didn't call down fire from heaven to consume them. You know, he ultimately submitted to God. There in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but your will be done. And so this speaks really of absolute surrender to the Lord and to his purposes in your life. For the Lord will not cast off forever, though he causes grief, yet he will show compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he does not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. So they were being disciplined for 70 years. They went into captivity, but they would not be cast off forever. God would not abandon his people. He would ultimately show them compassion 
and he didn't take any delight in their suffering. Any loving parent does not love to see their children suffer, and God does not love to see his children suffer, but there are times when he allows us to suffer because it's the only way that the righteousness and holiness that he wants to form in us can be formed in us. Verse 34, to crush under one's feet all the prisoners of the earth, to turn aside the justice due a man before the face of the Most High, or subvert a man in his cause, the Lord does not approve. So these are the things that God does not approve of, oppressing prisoners, turning aside justice, subverting a man's cause. If somebody is seeking to do something good, a noble cause, don't subvert it. Don't get in the way of what he's doing. Don't be jealous or in malice, do something to harm him or subvert his cause. All of these things represent God in his justice, in his mercy, and in his compassion. It's true that there may be times when we don't understand what is going on. It all may seem like darkness and bitterness around us. But if you really understand the character of God and you know that if you trust him, he will ultimately be your salvation. He will come through for you and he will use even the most bitter experiences for good in your life because that's the kind of God he is. Great is his faithfulness. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where reproach and destruction have come upon Judah, so Jeremiah calls them to turn back to the Lord. Jeremiah seeks deliverance from all his enemies. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Lamentations on Simply the Bible.